Mason done and asked that you consider to inspire her. You continue to inspire her, Lord God, with creativity and insight. May her words touch the hearts of those who read her book, offering comfort, encouragement, and a deeper understanding of the complexities of family, grief, and faith. Bless me, the host, Lord God, (laughs) as well as the guests and all those involved in this production. May their words be thoughtful and impactful, fostering a meaningful conversation that resonates with the listeners. Lastly, Lord God, we ask for your presence throughout this show. May your love and grace shine through the discussions, inspiring hope, healing, and a renewed faith in you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Miss Cajun Cookie. <laughs> How did your passion for reading influence your decision to become an author? Well, first of all, let me say thank you, Miss Jackie, for inviting me to listen to Linda and giving me the opportunity to speak to um readers and listeners all over the world. I appreciate it. And um, I just, I, like you said in your prayer, I pray that God is in the midst of all of this and that um, someone find comfort and encouragement through all of this. Um, to answer your question, I've been a reader since uh, as far back as I can remember. And I love reading stories about family, about love, about as a kid, even now, but even as a kid, I, I love reading stories about God and his love for us and how he never left us. And all of those things mixed with uh, what I believe was God's uh, purpose for me here on earth, which was to write. His, his, it's the gift that he's given me. And um, so given that and the fact that I was a reader and you put those things together, of course, I wanted to write and influence um, how I write. I also come from a family of writers. I have a sister. Uh, uh, she's gone home to be with the Lord now, but she was a very successful screenwriter, television writer. And then I had a brother who's also gone home to be with the Lord, but he was also a novelist and uh, very successful at that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And you know I done did my research on you girl, so you know I got I got some I got some questions. Okay. <laughs> I got some I'm, questions. I'm ready. Okay. So after working in higher education for over twenty years, what inspired you to write full time? Uh well go back to uh, working in higher education. I married a Marine and because of, uh, and he worked, he uh, served 20 years in the Marine Corps. And throughout those years, we've lived all over the country. We lived um, from Louisiana. We lived, we met in Texas. We lived um, all over the country um, when he was in full-time um, service. And I met a lot of different people, and I heard a lot of different stories. People share a lot of different stories um, of their lives. And I realized that people, none of us grew up the same. None of us have the same story, but we all can learn from each other's story. And um, from learning and from working also with the higher education, I learned that 
kids that I worked with freshmen and sophomore sophomores and they are very young and influent influent they can be influenced very easily. And I wanted to write something that would show them, um, bring them comfort and encouragement, share um, things that would help them along the way. Those young people, even now, the young people, they are faced with so many different choices. Every year there, there's new technology that um, they're faced with. And, and given all of that information, I wanted to share with them some of my background, some of the things that I've faced. And even though the, the stories kind of change with the different adversaries that we have to face, the stories are really just the same. We can, um, we still, God has, God doesn't change and he can still help us through all of those things. Amen. Amen. I truly believe that God can always help us through whatever we are going through and whatever we need or all we have to do is ask. Um, so great, great answer. Um, can you provide more information about more than sisters, faithful father, a family dilemma, positions of compromise and tell me your story of family journal? How does all of these relate to one another? You have done your research. <laughs> uh, well, More Than Sisters was my first novel, and it's based on my life story. When I was um, 18 months old, my mother passed away. When I was nine years old, my father passed away. My sister and I were born. I have two sisters. I had two sisters. My oldest sister and I were born on the same day, 20 years apart. And um, More Than Sisters, that's how I came up with the name, because we were more than sisters. Um, it's a story of our life together, our trials and tribulations. And she took me and raised me as if I was her daughter. And I was a regular teenager who brought a lot of um, heartache and pain and, um, to their parents. And um, so this is the story of the things that we went through. It's also, there was a deep, dark secret that surfaced and it almost tore our family apart. It made us question our faith in God. Um, for such, a, the next story was Faithful Fathers. And the girl that's in, um, it's the same family, um, but the girl has uh, grown up and she's gone off to college and she meets a young man who um, hasn't talked to his father in years. The last time he saw his father, he was um, a, a young boy, about seven years old. And the last thing his father said to him was, I wish you were never born. So he grew up uh, having uh, self-esteem issues. And um, he really, that's all that he recognized a father to be. That's what he thought a father was. And as he grew up, he falls in, he falls in love with a young girl and his biological father comes back into his life, but it's because he needs something. So the young man, Edison is his name. He has to decide if he's going to help his father, if he's going to forgive him for all that he's done, or if he's going to um, pay him back. But you have to read the story to find out what he's going to do. And the next story is for such a the next story is a family dilemma, and that is uh, the same family again. They're all standalones, but it's the same family, same group of people. And in this story, the 
um, secret that was in More Than Sisters resurfaces and runs havoc in the city, in the, um, in the church, and all those in that community. And then the next story was, is, um, positions of compromise. This is a story of three women in the workplace. And these women have, um, issues that are common to women. And, um, one woman is going through menopause. There's a young girl who is, wants to have another baby. And then there's a young girl who's facing sexual harassment. But there's, uh, someone in the company leaks a very valuable secret to the, to the press. And these women have to come together to find out who has leaked the secret because they're all in um, jeopardy of losing their job. But what they uncover is more than just uh, a breach of contract, but it's a uh, position of compromise. And then the last story for such a time as this is about a young girl who is, um, her mother is military and her father was also military, but he was killed in combat. Now her, her mother has to go overseas and she is sent back to live with her grandparents at a new school. She just wants to be a regular teenager. She just wants to enjoy life and have fun. But when she accidentally breaks a school policy, which is a zero tolerance policy, she has to face the consequences. And one of the uh, repercussions of breaking that policy is to be expelled and or sent to juvenile detention. And that's really based upon life, uh, recent stories and headlines in the news where there are children who um, based um, who are sent to juvenile detention um, for something very simple and uh, it changes their life because once they're suspended and they get off track and they go to juvenile detention, they fall into this prison pipeline. And this is a story that uh, will educate some and remind others about this prison pipeline that we have. And maybe it will move us to do a little bit more to help our children. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And you know I done went and got every book. So you're going to have to come back and dissect a lot of these books. But we're not on here talking about all of them today. We just talked about more than sisters. But we definitely want you to come back. You are a wonderful friend of the show. But we're going to now get into more than sisters. Okay, okay. Thank you. <laughs> the first uh, question that I have for you for more than sisters before we go into song um, how does Olivia's promise to her dying mother shape the course of this book? It changes everything. When Olivia is aware that her mother, Olivia has started her life. She's, she has graduated high school and she wants to move away and start her life as a young woman. And so she moves to Arizona and she's so excited about, um, she actually plans to and enrolls in nursing school and looks forward to starting school that semester when her mother gets ill. Her mother is home in Louisiana with uh, the baby girl who's 18 months old and there's another daughter who is seven years old and then there's the, the father who is a, a minister and Olivia finds out that her mother is gravely ill 
and she makes the heartbreaking decision to leave her life and come back to Louisiana and help her father take care of the, her two sisters. And then the, because she does that, that changes the trajectory of her life. And then when her mother passes away, she decides to stay at home and help her father with the two children. But there's a, um, a caveat when the father meets and falls in love with this perfect stranger and Olivia does not like that. She doesn't want anyone to take her mother's place. And because she made that decision, she also changes um, the life, the course of her younger sisters. And then when her father passes away, she actually takes possession of her sisters and permanently changes their life because they could have been um, taken up into um, foster homes or or anything could have happened to them. But Olivia gave up her life to make sure her sisters had a life.
was Brandy, Tamia, Gladys Knight, and Shaka Khan with Missing You. Tell me about that song and how do you think that that correlates with More Than Sister's Message? Oh, it correlates in so many, many ways, Missing You. You know, after a loved one is gone and we think we're doing better, there could be a song or a little... Uh, or an aroma anything can spark your memories and make you think of them again and hopefully um prayerfully after a while those memories won't be so sad that you can think about the good times that you've had and and how god bless you to have them in your life i'm sure that um, olivia experienced those things after she lost her mother and after she lost her father and I know that I also experienced those things uh, after the loss of, of both my parents and my siblings. Thank you so much for that. I didn't lose both my parents, but I lost my dad and I lost a lot of people that were close to me. Um, my foster sister being one, she was just like a sister to me, but... Also, my oldest nephew, who I grew up with, um, he was born, I was 13 years old. It was kind of like my little brother's last first baby. Um, and, you know, he died of mistaken identity. Um, he was killed in Chicago, on, on Chicago streets. Um, and it was just, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to deal with that. So that song, to me, is soothing, but... Again, um, it brings back those memories of those loved ones that you can, you just can't get back. So I appreciate um, I appreciate you writing this book um, more than sisters. Um, it definitely hit home for me in a lot of ways. Um, now, can you tell tell me as well as uh, the listeners um, more about? the challenges and responsibilities that Reverend uh, Ferguson, that was his name, Reverend Ferguson faces after his wife's hospitalization. Just imagine being a a husband. You know, I believe that God has given the mother and father different gifts in the family. And, you know, both are needed in the family. But the father, the mother is generally the nurturer and the father is the you know, he provides, and so they're not, generally, they're not as nurturing. So can you imagine a, a young minister who's um, responsible, all of a sudden responsible for a little baby girl and then another um, young girl, seven years old, and the things that he has to, the challenges he has to go through, Um even in my life, to, with my husband and I, they, we both have different responsibilities in the family. Whenever I've been ill and he's had to take over everything, I can see he's not quite comfortable with some things. And um, But I'm there to give him guidance and direction. Or, you know, he still wants to get it right, and he's trying very hard. Cause, so I can imagine what uh, Reverend Ferguson was going through trying to handle two little girls and um, a a father can relate to a son. You know, you can always relate to remember what it felt like to be a little boy, but to deal with two little girls is a different thing. And uh, so he had to manage changing diapers, making sure everybody was fed, um, making sure the little, the older one 
uh, got to school and got dressed and looked decently, decent for school. Um, make sure they went on and went to church and, and got, um, to their, uh, Sunday school classes and behaved in church and then, you know, what about Sunday dinner and how about helping me with homework and, um, I want to do this and can I do that and, What's the bedtime and how do I get you to go to sleep and things like that? So I can only imagine the things that he went through trying to meet the challenges of being mom and father at the same time while dealing with his wife and caring for his wife who's in the hospital.
and sisters, count on me, Miss Cajun Cookie. Count on me. Tell me what you think about that song and how does it relate to the book More Than Sisters? Count on me. Count on me. I, 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 I remember, I'm almost sure that little Danny in the story felt that way about her um, sister Olivia. She is, she felt like she could count on her. And that's how Olivia wanted her sisters to feel and even her father before he died. Um, she wanted them to know that they could count on her. And they did. They relied on her for so many things. And as she fulfilled the promise she made to her dying mother, um, Olivia was a believer. And she knew that when um, when she met her mother again, she could tell her. She'd say, Mom, I, I, I told you you could count on me. And uh, look, look, at, look at what happened. And I'm sure that the Lord also was very pleased with what she had done. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, as far as Olivia, how does Olivia's fight to keep her promise to her mother impact her relationship with her new stepmother in the book? My, my, my. Um, well, Olivia wasn't going to let anything get in her way. Anything get in her way of uh, taking care of her sisters. And when her father passed away, um, well, before, even before her father passed away, Olivia made sure the kid, the girls, um, were even, sometimes she wasn't always welcome into the home with the new stepmother, but Olivia made sure she, uh, was there to see her sisters and even, uh, had brought them into her very own home to visit her at times. And so she was not going to let anything get in her way. And even after the death of their father, and there was a question of if um, the, Danny stayed with the stepmother, what would happen? Would the stepmother even allow little Danny to see her siblings? Would she um, try to take her away from the city or the state? What would happen? Olivia didn't want that to happen. So she did what she needed to do to make sure her her sister stayed in the family and um and at times it was difficult because she she herself had married and had a, a another daughter and you know money wasn't money couldn't go as far as she wanted to at times so they did what they needed to to make sure all the um everyone was fed and had what they needed that they lacked for nothing and they knew that they were loved and cared for and as as much as possible, as much as she knew how to do, she made sure they were consistently in church and learning about God and knowing that God still loved them and that God was there for them and that um, they would all be in heaven when the time came that God would, would take care of them all their entire lives. And she um, she cut no corners. She played she did not mince her words when she needed to and she even um, i won't give it away but she even um used that cast down skillet when she needed to in more ways than one she did she used it not only to cook that dinner but she used it as a weapon at one time uh, but of course the readers have to read that book to find out how she did that 
Yes, yes. That was one of my favorite parts of the book that you touched <laughs> on. It. Um, after Reverend Ferguson passing, how do the sisters each navigate their own desires and responsibilities? Well, of course, Olivia, um, at times she has to come up with creative ways to make sure there's enough money in the household. Her and her husband have to come together and agree and to make uh, financial sacrifices so that everyone can uh, have what they need. Um, so she's taking that promise very seriously and uh, she's doing what she needs to do. Now, Gail, who has become a teenager now, is, is dealing with some things and she's she's not quite sure how to handle love or what love is. And so um, she deals with that, but um, God has blessed her with a ministry of her very own, and she's trying to navigate how to use the ministry uh, or the gift that God gave her in the ministry. And um, she's also dealing with a man who may or may not be a believer. And should she let him in her life? What does that look like? And is, is that what love is? And then Danny, as she grows up, she deals with issues of abandonment. She's been, her mother has uh, lost, left her. Her father has left her. The stepmother that she loved left her. And she is just afraid that her sister Olivia will leave her as well. So she's trying to do whatever she can to make sure she doesn't disappoint her sister and uh, make her want to leave as well. Great answer. Um, can you give us a glimpse into the unexpected occurrences that draw the sisters into adverse situations? Well, you know, um, the Bible tells us that the enemy's job is to still kill and destroy. And, and this story, this is exactly what he's doing. So there's an enemy that arises in the family, in the story, in their church, and um, he preys on the the on little Danny and her friend, and um, and so um, they didn't see this one coming. No one saw this one coming. You know, sometimes the the wolf is in sheep clothing, so you have to be very careful. Another thing about the enemy is he knows our weaknesses, and he knows what um, what our desires are. So he might come in disguise and, and really look like something special, something he knows how to dress up exactly about that, exactly like that thing you really want and desire, and uh, but it's not the real deal. So you have to ask God for his guidance. And um, the enemy does come into the lives of those sisters. And um, Danny has, is just trying to fight to make sure her, her that Olivia doesn't find out. Because if Olivia finds out, she's going to, she's afraid she's going to be abandoned again. And she will have no one. And she can't let anyone know about um the goings on or the secret of what's happening and so those are some of the unex unexpected consequences and even it goes on to hurt not only damage the family but it damages the church with 
which they grew up in, where their father was a pastor. And, and in that case, many lives were affected and changed. So there are, and then there's a friendship that Danny had with her very best friend since they were little girls. The one person that she had that was her age that she trusted and, um, something unexpected happens between them as well. But, you know, in the end, God is the winner. In the end, we win. But you have to go through some things to get there.
you know, <laughs> there are a lot of people who still have some, um, some old fashioned ideas in, in their heads and, and they have, they don't know that we have moved beyond some things. And I never would have made it without, um, knowing that, and then remembering that everybody is God's child. Everybody, no matter what you think of the other person or what that other person has done to you or to someone that you love, that's still God's child. And he loves them. And you have to be careful and remember that when you're going through life. Because even with my children, as much as I love them and I know they mess up sometimes, those are still my children. And I will protect them at all costs. And God loves us like that. He will he loves us. He wants the best for us. And he doesn't like um, to see us hurt. And that's not his will for our life. And um, never would have made it. Never would have made it without him on my side. Awesome, awesome, awesome answer. Um, and it it resonated with me. And that's why um, I picked this song. Because um, I reread the book. Um, these past couple of days and I was like oh the last time she was on I did not play this song but this is the song that was like in my spirit so I was like oh I definitely got to play this for Miss Walletta when she come on I got to play this for the Cajun cookie girl <laughs> I got to play this for the Cajun cookie now how do the adverse situations in the book test the sister's faith in God well you know um, there are times when a lot of times as Christians, we we believe that um, if we do this certain thing, then this will happen. And, and, and God has told us that in the scriptures. He's given us some, um, he's told us that if we, in some instances, if we do this, then this will happen. But a lot of times we use those scriptures and we believe that they're like incantations and you just say it and it happens. But God has given us specific steps that we need to take um, in order to um, to see those blessings, you know, and we have um, a choice in the matter. He's placed life and death before us and we get to choose. We're not puppets. He didn't make us as puppets. He's given us free will and we have to choose whether we want life or death. We choose the words that come out of our mouth. We choose how we're going to treat the next person. And we're not responsible for how they have treated us. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have to give an account of every harsh word that we've done. Every time, every time we have not forgiven someone, every time, um, we have hurt someone. And it's really, really bad to hold that unforgiveness in your heart because as humans, we are all going to mess up. We've all come short and we will continue to come short and there will be a time when we need forgiveness. And so if you hold that in your heart, um, go ahead. When you hold that in your heart, Miss Waletta, are you there? Can, I am now. Can you hear me? Y'all can hear you. Okay, that when you hold that in your heart, when you hold unforgiveness in your heart, that blocks your blessing. That stops you from being forgiven because um, you need to um, show that forgiveness so that when you mess up, God will be able to forgive you. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
So we have to remember that. And sometimes that's hard because you don't feel like forgiving. You don't feel like it, but we have to remember that it's not about us. It's not that, that, um, the forgiveness does not free that person from what they've done, but it opens and frees you to be forgiven. And it's what God has required of us. And that's what we, what we ultimately want to do is to please the Father, no matter what it looks like. Cause sometimes it looks like foolishness. What he's asked us to ask us to do, like Noah, when he wanted Noah to build that ark, that was foolishness to Noah and to those people because it, they had never even seen rain. And this man is talking about an ark and talking about it's going to rain and we're going to have to get on this ark. And I, that was foolishness. So sometimes God, the things that he asks us to do looks like foolishness, but we have to trust him. And that's what he wants from us is our trust. Because he's always been faithful to us, always. And we have to remember that and trust him.
love me in spite of me. In spite of me. Tell me what that song means to you and how does it correlate with your overall message and more than sisters? I have messed up in so many ways. So many. Every day I need some forgiveness. So in spite of myself, even sometimes when I'm trying to do the right thing, I'm like Paul, when I try to do the right thing, the evil is always at hand. I always end up sometimes choosing the wrong thing. And even in More Than Sisters, um, the, the, the characters in these stories and my story, they're all flawed. They're uh, from um, the pastor to the deacons to church members to the three sisters. They're all flawed. And in spite of themselves, there's need for uh, forgiveness, for, for God to forgive us because we're human. And I'm so grateful that God knows that. And he knew that when he created us, he knows that we are human. And he's given us, he continues to give us so many chances for redemption. But you know, our time, our days are numbered and uh, our time here will soon wind up. So we need to get it right before we're called on home or before Jesus decides to return so that we can all be together in heaven. Um, because we got to get it right before we get there. There's when we are take our last breath, that's too late. No praying, no praying for us. Then you got to get it right for yourself before you die. And in more than sisters, um, that's what these uh, children, these sisters are trying to do to trying to get it right and trying to please God. And, and I want to also say it goes back to even though they didn't have their mother and father in their life for a long time, the mother and father did their job. They planted those seeds. They taught their children. They had. Um, they talk like the Bible tells us to teach our children and to um, in in our homes remember those stories and tell them how God has blessed them and those when we tell those stories to our children and we share those stories you know we remember those things I remember the stories my father shared with me about how God blessed him and the adversaries that they adversities they had to go through um, as children and. Um, that's what we're supposed to do. So in spite of me, and I know that I have messed up a lot. I've done some things that I don't even want to write about it. And I'm just grateful and glad that God, my father, who knows already where I've messed up, is willing to forgive me. And I'm so grateful for it. Hey, man, I 100% agree. Um, Daisy caught me hot tamale. Baby, I was hot as a firecracker, baby. You can tell him nothing, man. He loved me in spite of all of that. And I'm not just talking about like in a fast way, but like I would, I would fight at a drop of a dime. I would read you from Genesis to Revelation. I didn't care who you was, from my second grade teacher, Miss Barbara Keller, on up to my uh, writing and rhetoric teacher in college, Miss Thompson. It didn't matter who you was, where you came from. If you said something I didn't like, and I wasn't always like that. I started off shy, but I kept getting bullied and picked on so much, I had to develop another personality. And that other personality, you know, stood up 
for me in a way that I wasn't able to stand up for myself, if that makes sense. So I built up a wall or defense mechanism, and that just went buku. And God said, you know what? I'm going to love you in spite of you because I know who you are, who I built you to be. And I built you to be that girl who was being picked on because I needed you to go through these things to build you up to who you are now. And so this book, like, wow, it, it, it really just hit home for me in a lot of ways, you know, because like you said, um, in the Bible, it states, raise a child in the way they should go and they will never depart from it. Right. Raise them up in the way they should go and they will never depart from it. So with that being said, I was always, no matter what foster home, no matter who I stay with, it was always somebody there that was a woman of God, that was a mm-hmm. black woman of God. Uh, whether it be my grandmother, whether it be my mom, my mom did a lot of things, but she still stayed true to her faith in God. Even though she knew what she doing was wrong, she still was a woman of God. And she knew that Bible. My grandmother did a lot of things wrong, but she knew that Bible. And any foster parent that I went to knew that Bible. And they taught me those things. They instilled those things in me that I carry to this day. And that's why I'm so strong in my faith. Because I'm like, no matter what house I went to, Something had to be right with that Bible because everybody kept one and they knew when they did some foul stuff, they ran right to that Bible mm-hmm. to fix themselves, to try to, to try to self-soothe, right? To try to self-medicate, but they self-medicated with that word. And so I know that in spite of everything, one thing stood true with all of the bad stuff that all these people was doing and all these bad people was doing to me, I knew one thing stood true, and that was that Holy Bible. It was the same Bible, and everybody else, they had the exact same Bible. That that black man was a black Bible, and they all had the same one. So I'm like, this it's just something about this Bible. It's in everybody's house. So it could be a good thing, and it could be a bad thing. And when I started reading it, I'm like, no, this the this the one good thing that they trying to hold on to. So I kept it in my mind. Um, so I truly believe that, um, that, and that's why I still instill it in my kids, raise them up in a way they should go, and they will never depart from it. Um, and in 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 that, within saying that, can you share? Any insights into how the sisters' individual struggles with abandonment are portrayed in the story? Okay, sure, I can. Um, I know that they all had to deal with um, issues of abandonment in one way or the other. But if I believe Olivia, her it just made her a stronger advocate for her sisters, and not just her sisters, but those that she loved, anyone in her family. She was a strong advocate for them, and um, she often um, suppressed her own feelings so that she could be there for those that she loved. And uh, with Gail, she was a teenager, and she acted out, and and she didn't want to be left alone and she didn't know um who who to love and and if she did love someone how long would they be there and um she learned to uh, through her faith in god she learned to hold on and know that you know having faith in god doesn't mean that we won't experience bad things we won't experience hurt or shame or 
um, any of those things. But it means that while we're going through those things, God is with us. And there's a purpose in the pain. And if we find that purpose, when we get over, when we get over that particular issue, and, and there will always be something else, but when we get over, we'll be able to use what we learn to bless someone else. So um, Gail did that by with her writing, with her playwriting, and then she went on to do, to do television writing. And so she was able to bless a multitude of people. Just think about that. Someone from a little black girl from Bossier City, Louisiana, a small town right next to Shreveport, Louisiana, who was born um, in the 50s. And she grew up to touch um, a nation to become a pioneer in her field. Um, look at God. Look at God. Look at what God has done. And with um, Danny, her issues of, of abandonment made her very timid and very shy. And um, I remember feeling that way as a child, being very timid. But I like that Timothy in the Bible was a young man and he was very timid. God used that. Even that God can use. And so um, in the story, Danny was timid and shy. She goes through, she finds out that her mother um, is deceased in a very unconventional way. She then loses her father. And then she loses, she doesn't really know how to feel about a stepmother that she loved. But she's finding out some things about that stepmother that changes her her the way she looks at her and um then she goes on to even find out she she goes to some things where she doesn't know why people would even want to hear what she has to say and she's um dealing with all those issues of abandonment but in that too she finds that as she every hurdle that she goes through or over god is always there always there to help her and then he's always given her a situation where she can use those hurdles to be a blessing to someone else always remember that i would like for the listeners and all my readers to always remember that that no matter what you're going through when you get through it you'll be able to use that as a blessing or even as your ministry to help someone else thank you i'm going to see myself the way you see me Remembering all you told me 
struggle with insecurities, acceptance, and even self-esteem. You never felt good enough. You never felt pretty enough. But imagine God whispering in your ear. Until you write it out and you put it on paper 
after God has blessed you to get through those things, you write those things, you, you just, you, you tell the goodness and the glory of God and you write it out and you will never understand how many people lives that it touched, how many people that are actually have went through those things or are going through those things or will go through those things. So as they're reading your things, they know how to avoid that same thing happening to them, how to get over that hump, to know that there is a way over that hump. And, and those people who have gotten over that hump to say, you know what? She absolutely right because he did it for me too. So that is just a blessing in itself. And I'm so, so very grateful for you and for God doing the things that he is, has done in your life and is continuing to do in your life and will do in your life, um, in the future. Um, one last question. Um, how do the characters' experiences and challenges in More Than Sisters reflect the broader theme of family bonds and faith? You know, I'm so grateful for my family and, um, that, that was, Family, that's God's plan. He created family. That's, that's the bond. The, uh, that's the, the attack. That's what the enemy is attacking now. And then more than sisters, I talk about, um, the, um, the relationships between siblings. They could be between brother and sister or brother and brother. Um, the relationship between family members, because in my family, the, what you were born as kind of gets all jumbled up. My sister was born as my sister, but she ended up being my mother. My children um, called, when they were first born, my children would call her Annie Granny. Then we dropped the auntie, and it's just Granny. So, And then now that there are cousins who are really like sisters and brothers, and so it's all mixed up, but we share the bloodline. And that family, that is unbreakable, and it should be the place where you go and you relax. Sure, then you have and you have disagreements, and sometimes you don't always agree with what um, Uncle So and So did or, or Auntie So and So says. Or, you know, that's just the way she is. We're gonna, you know, just ignore her. That's how she is. But there's a bond there. There's a love there, and God put you in that family for a purpose. I mean, He chose the family that you were born into, so He did that for a reason, and the the life that you've lived is there for a reason. And um, so, and more than sisters, it just it just it strength it shows you the strength of a family and those that love you. And families, of course, today they don't look like they did uh, many years ago. Every family consisted of a mother and father and the children and now things a lot of us are raised by someone other than our mother and father could be grandma could be auntie uncle uh, could be a foster family someone that loves you but that family unit is 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 strong should be strong and should be where the where you go to relax and where you go to learn about God and His goodness and then where you go, where you remind your children from generation to generation about what God has done for you so they don't forget. Just like the children of Israel, they repeated those stories over and over. They told about how God parted the Red Sea, how God 
uh, annihilated their enemies, how God blessed them over and over again. He did miracles and, and sure they messed up at times and God, um, still never left them. He, he wanted them. He hungered for them. He loved them. And he does the same with us in our family. And we are to share those stories of God's goodness from generation to generation so that none of us will be headed for eternal damnation. Amen. Now that is a word if I ever heard one. She said we should all be grateful for God's goodness. Um, and I truly, 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 I'm a million percent behind that one. Um, I just want to thank you so much. Um, I want to thank you so much, Wiletta, for um, coming out again and just, you know, doing this interview. I truly, truly appreciate um, you and everything that you do. Um, I just, I love you so much. Uh, Cajun cookie, you know, you got a name now, baby. It's gonna, it done stuck. It done stuck with me, Miss Cajun cookie. Uh, <laughs> if you got any, any last, um, um, words you want to say to the audience and tell them how they can find you. I just want to thank you all for listening and uh, supporting me. And thank you, Miss Jack. You're always such, you're so pleasant, such a, a wonderful person, a sweet spirit. And I enjoyed my time with you. Um, greetings can find me at on my website at wmasondunn.com. You can find my books. I write under W. Mason Dunn. You can find me on Amazon. You can go to my website. And um, that's where you can get autograph books. Uh, also, you can contact me on social media at Waletta, W-A-L-E-T-T-A, Mason Dunn, D-U-N-N, on all my social media. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you, Miss Jackie. And I, I pray God's blessing over all that you do. And I pray his blessing over Listen, Linda. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'm going to end in prayer and then we're going to go out with song. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time of fellowship and reflection. We come before you with grateful hearts, acknowledging your presence with us throughout this journey. And as we conclude our time together, we ask for your continued guidance and strength, Lord God. Lord God, we thank you for the themes explored in More Than Sisters and the lessons we have learned. We ask that you help us apply these lessons to our own lives. Enabling us, Lord God, to grow closer to you and to one another. Father God, we pray for unity and love to abound among us. May the bonds of sisterhood and brotherhood be strengthened. And may we always uplift each other in prayer and support. Help us to be a source of encouragement and inspiration to one another, just as you are to us. Lord, we ask for your wisdom and discernment as we navigate the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. May we always seek your will and follow your path, knowing that you have a purpose for each and every one of us. We pray for your divine protection and provision in our lives, Lord God. Cover us with your grace and mercy and surround us with your love. Help us to be a light in this world, shining forth your truth and compassion. And finally, Lord God, we give you all the glory and honor. For you alone are worthy. We thank you for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ, and for 
the eternal hope we have in him. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all the... You're welcome. Amen, amen, amen. And I want to thank all the listeners, everyone who tunes in, who catches the replay, who's listening in all 10 countries on all 40 platforms. Thank you guys so much for holding your sister down and coming on over the station head and on all music platforms. I thank you guys so much. God bless you and have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'm going to end with songs. So just hold tight, guys. I got one for you. I got one for you.